Okay, I'm here at uh, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi there. My name is John Epstein. I'm president of OMEC Interactive. Okay. And what's OMEC Interactive about? So OMAC is a leading provider of uh, tools and technology that help developers add gesture recognition and body tracking uh, into their games and into other applications. And we do so across a wide variety of uh, devices, uh, a wide, and we support a wide variety of processors and, and most of the major development environments and, and game engines. Um, and a key premise of ours to game developers is that by working with OMEC tools to add these connect style features uh, into your games. Um, the games can run across a wide range of platforms from PCs to TVs, smart TVs to set-top boxes uh, and, and some interesting new game consoles as well. And so to clarify, these game consoles and smart TVs need to have a specific type of camera to enable these, these features. That's right. They require a depth camera. Now the Kinect was, the depth cameras have been around for um, close to 10 years now. Originally they were used in military applications and they were uh, used in industrial applications. Um, the Kinect was really the first consumer um, you know, a camera, uh, one that would be available at a price point that would be accessible to consumers. Uh, we, we are seeing lots more coming out in the market. Because we support and develop tools for all cameras, we see prototypes of cameras. So you have, uh, before they ever come out, so you have cameras coming from people like Samsung, from Panasonic, from uh, some companies you may not have heard of, but, but will be like PMD and Optex and others. Um, and so as the price points of these cameras go down, it becomes a lot easier for TV manufacturers and set-top box guys to introduce them. You've, you know, you've, we've all seen the Kinect. Um, Asus has announced a box called the Wavy. The Wavy is essentially an add-on camera for uh, living room PCs. We're aware of a lot more cameras coming out. and. Um, they're going to get pretty prevalent pretty fast because they really change the accessibility of the gaming experience to a much broader audience than ever before. Yeah, so then let's talk about the opportunity for game developers in terms of using this technology to make uh, more interesting and compelling games. Um, you know, so we've all heard about the benefits of Connect and some of the success there. Um, what do you see happening as, you know, as these different platforms and devices get this depth camera? and developers are able to um, use gesture-based recognition in their games. Yeah, I think there's a couple impacts. One is that, you know, from a, from a user standpoint, you know, we all saw how the Wii and, and the Wiimote expanded the audience for gaming because it didn't, it didn't require you really to, you know, to, to button mash anymore, right? It created a new paradigm for controlling. We, we, what we've seen, and, and I think Microsoft's seen also, is that when you get rid of the controller altogether, you continue that circle of expansion outward. So, so um, more, you know, more users are out there. From a creative standpoint, you know, it really frees um, a whole new style of, of game. Some of it will be core things like you know, realistic sword play and you know, in traditional gaming genres. But there's a whole new array of applications that are possible using you know, per, you know, that enhanced personal creativity. Um, really, it's, you know, we try not to tell uh, people what to do with it. it. It really is in the minds of the designers and developers of games that, hey, you know where the body is standing, you know what it's doing, how do you want to translate that into gameplay? And it really creates entirely new paradigms for uh, interaction with software and games and, and devices as well. Um, so from your perspective, I guess what are the different categories where you see the application of this um, you know, being prevalent? So we, you know, we're talking about games, obviously, but you did mention in the pre-interview that 
there are other categories where people would use this software. Sure. Um, can you talk about that? Yeah, so, so you know, it's one of the fun things about being involved in a core technology business is the applications are really vast. You know, what we do is we take a scene, we're aware of the people in it, we can subtract the background and then understand how the body's moving. So the application, you know, the games are, are, are almost always where new technologies enter software markets. Uh, fitness applications are a big one as well. Of course, we're seeing uh, some very interesting work being done in physical therapy um, and being able to... to uh, take what is a pretty can be a pretty arduous exercise and put game mechanics around that to help people um, recover from specific injuries or illnesses. Um, there are applications in um, 3D modeling and date, you know, in architecture and visualization. How do I work with a 3D data set and manipulate it in a way that is natural? Uh, telepresence, right? There's home home video conferencing is starting to be pretty big. Some big players doing that. Um, but I don't want my mother to see that my bedroom is, uh, in fact, as messy as it is. So using technology that is aware of where you are, you can get rid of everyone but you and, uh, you know, put me on a beach or that sort of thing. Um, there's security. Um, there's fascinating retail and signage, signage uh, interactive signage um, applications, right? People, touch screens are cool, but a lot of people don't like to touch what other people have touched. And only one person can touch it as a sign. So we have a big separate market that that really requires by the way small games which are for these um, installations in airports and in bus shelters and other places to you know when people have a free minute how do you how do you engage them with uh, with information or with a brand yeah um, in the pre-interview we talked about how um, you're looking into putting this in mobile devices um, can you talk about how it would be used in, in that situation well, I think, you know, uh, you know, again, it's up to the applications developers to figure that out. Games, we think, you know, if you can uh, interact with your tablet and not be limited to a 2D service. I mean, tab you know, tablets are great, right? iPads are great. Uh, all, all these tablets do amazing things. But what if now I can give you the ability to interact with a, with a 3D space? And I can, you know, you can do games. We think operating systems go... 3D, right? I can I can have a because the screens are going 3D, right? So I, if I'm trying to navigate through a body of even files, you know, um, the ability to sort of reach in and grab the file or program I want in this this projected 3D space is very useful paradigm. The only thing I hope doesn't go 3D is spreadsheets. I have enough columns and rows as it is, so uh, you know, hopefully we won't have a third axis for numbers. But but you know. It's like the mouse. It's like, well, what did the mouse do to change how software worked? Um, natural user interfaces like gesture recognition, we think, have equally profound implications for all aspects of um, computer-driven applications. Um, so in the short term, where can developers expect to see this technology showing up? Um, so if there are experimental or ind independent game developers that want to use this technology, what platform should they even be thinking about seeing this thing show up? Is it going to be on smart TVs first? Is it going to be, where's it going to be? Yeah, so the, we, you know, uh, we think that the, the, you know, after, after the Kinect came out, the next wave will be a set of um, devices coming out in the Chinese marketplace. Um, there are no Xboxes or Playstations legally sold in China, just a few that, you know, sneak in. Um, there are one and a quarter billion consumers there. I think there's something like 300 million TV sets in China. Um, and a lot of people interested in being that entertainment um, and edutainment and fitness device that sits on those PCs. So there's, there's a lot of, in, you know, we're working with a number of platforms that are targeting that market. Most are being based on um, P 
PC-like processors from Intel and from AMD. So that's one. There are definitely going to be add-ons for existing PCs, both for uh, desktop systems and notebooks. And so in 2011, there, you know, we think there'll be about six different launches of devices. The good thing for independent developers is, is this one. Everyone, every single device wants to bundle content with their system and is hungry to have additional content on their system. And they're not always looking for you know, $10 million budget games. A lot of them are looking for a wide range of smaller gaming experiences, particularly in China, you know, where, you know, the notion of a $60 game is just not going to fly. Um, the, the question for developers is like, hey, can you create compelling bite-sized experiences that make someone want to take another bite and, uh, and, and the budgets don't have to be large in the market? You know, the people that move quickly with good content, you know, usually uh, develop brand and develop uh, quite a revenue uh, stream. Um, so for developers, can they see being able to use this in, say, games that they deploy to Android market? Or, I mean, or is this even relevant to okay. developers who are looking to make games for these smart TVs? Um, so, for, like, Android smart TVs? Yeah, so, you know, we support Linux operating systems, so Android is a, another variant of Linux. So that's, that's relevant. I think um, operating systems sort of the, uh, uh, to us a kind of non-issue. The issue is really what's the processor um, uh, in each smart TV and, and you know, to, if you really want to be able to um, adapt your device and sell to the largest number of devices possible, I'd say two things. One is, you know, make sure that your graphics are scalable to a different array of processors because some have a lot of GPU and good CPUs and some are, are weaker. And secondly is work with the OMEC middleware because um, we take out any differences in cameras. There's, you know, the PrimeSense camera gets used a lot. Um, the Optima camera is getting used. Samsung's camera will get used. Um, if you have to worry about that as a developer, your market's going to get fragmented. And that's what we're trying to do for the developer community is give them a single solution. Yeah, so let's talk about the middleware that you guys offer. Um, what's that middleware used for, um, just for the developers to have a sense of how they can use your APIs? Mm -hmm. So um, what, our, what our engine does is it takes data from any of a large number of cameras, really all the major 3D cameras. Um, first, it removes the background, identifies the humans in the scene, what we think of in, in uh, machine vision language are called blobs. And uh, then we apply a basic skeletal model to them. And then we apply a full inverse kinematic skeletal model uh, to those. And then there's a gesture layer um, that uh, in, you know, understands what is a gesture. And a gesture is the movement of joints of a body, either in an absolute sense or relative to other joints of a body within a range of tolerances, translation and rotation. So developers can access the information our engine produces at any of the three levels. You can take it at the basic blob level. If you really just want to know where people are and where they're moving, you can do that. You can take it at the basic skeletal level, fewer points on the body, um, or you can take the full skeleton level as well. One thing that's really important to developers is that if you're trying to code gestures into a game, um, it can be, a, and, and you're trying to do it by yourself, it can be a very laborious and time-consuming process, a month or months per gesture. Um, we do two things to help the developer there. One is we, we give them a library of predefined gestures, kind of basic gaming and interface gestures. And then secondly, we have the uh, gesture authoring tool that allows, you know, you'd have yourself and a couple of your friends stand in front of the camera and record the gesture movement and also record bad gesture movements and then you mark what was a good gesture and a bad gesture and we, you know, pump it through a black box machine learning tool and it comes out with 
the file, the string of numbers, that is essentially what our, our system understands as a gesture, and it saves um, you know, man years of development time for more complex games. And um, what platforms is this API available for? Yeah, so, um, so in terms of development languages, it's uh, C++, uh, C++, C-sharp, a Mono, Flash, we have a Unity plugin um, that a lot of our developers are also um, using coding on the Unity game engine. Um, we run on Windows and a number of Linux variants and then from a processor standpoint it's all of the major PC, Intel and AMD PC processors. We support the TI OMAP 3530 um, system on a chip um, which uh, people use something called the Beagle board to develop for that and we're supporting the Intel um, 41XX, CE41XX consumer electronics embedded platform and we'll have an ARM port within the next uh, few months. So, um, you know, there are a fair amount of indie developers who are using Unity. So, what is, do they have to, like, what's the price for using that plugin in Unity? Um, so, right now we're working to develop an affiliate label program with developers, and if we have the opportunity to um, help carry uh, these developers' products into some of the platforms we're working with in China, in Europe, and the U.S., we're making the tools available for free to qualified developers. I think, you know, what's important to us is that we have developers that are able to, you know, understand our tools and put them to good use. So there's an application process, but if you're willing to be part of our affiliate network, uh, we do it for free. And if not, then there's a development license and a small royalty charge attached. Um, so let's talk about the distribution and opportunities that you guys offer for smaller game developers. So mm -hmm. if a small game developer uses your API, makes a game, what's the opportunity there? Yeah, so there's there's a couple ways that products can get to market. The first is, you know, so we, we you know, almost every platform we work with is asking us to provide content for their platform. And they're looking for a range of devices. Um, you know, bundle deals, it was like the early days of CD-ROM. There were no CD-ROM games. So everyone that wanted to have a CD-ROM drive wanted to, you know, would sell it with CD-ROM games. Same thing in this world, right? So um, I would say platforms bundle anywhere from, uh, one to six games on the launch of their platform, and that should continue. Uh, you know, the debates, uh, the debates out there, but somewhere between two and four years, we think there's a very vigorous bundle market out there. And if it's not, if you're not in the bundle, you can also get demos included with the system that help you upsell. Um, there's also direct sales, usually digital distribution opportunities. The TV set guys, the set top box guys, they're they're maintaining their own app stores. Yeah. as it were, and you can sell um, directly through them. And a few of these platforms are internet open. In that case, you can just make your game available through any uh, e you know, digital e-commerce provider you want. We will eventually start to see retail markets developed for these. That's probably uh, a couple of years off. Um, so where can developers then find out more information about your product and get started checking out the APIs? Yeah, so our website is www.omecinteractive.com. That's O-M-E-K, interactive.com. Uh, you can also send email to games at omecinteractive.com. We'd love to you know, hear more from developers about you know, what they've done and what they're looking to do um, with the technology. And uh, we, uh, we'll talk to everyone. And, uh, yeah. And uh, see if we can help. And in the next year or two, um, how many, I guess, how many devices do you think will have this technology enabled? Like, what's the distribution opportunity or exposure opportunity for developers who are interested in these types of games? Yeah, so in terms of numbers, you know, sir, uh, uh, let me put it this way. There's not a, there is not a major TV or set-top box manufacturer in the world that is not 
looking and evaluating cameras and gesture middleware like Omex to put into their devices, some O11, some O12. In terms of the numbers of devices that are out there, obviously remains to be seen at the end of O11, but I think we'll have somewhere between um, 5 and 10 million units of gesture-enabled TV smart, smart boxes and consoles that are other than you know the traditional console set. Um, that number should go up uh, somewhere to 40 or 50 million, we believe, um, by 2013, something 2012. You know, so it's with any new platform, there's a, there'll be a range of, uh, of predictions, um, and you know, they all want content. Yeah. Thank you very much.